0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Welcome to Rico Bronia. I think it's the first edition of Rico Bronia where we're probably going to be a little uh, bitchy, a little uh, annoyed, a little angry because the Mets are coming off back-to-back losses to the Houston Astros. I'm not going to call it a sweep. I called it a sweep on the air today with Craig, and the more I think about it, I feel dirty calling it a sweep. It's two games. Can you really call two games a sweep? So here's how it's going to work today. We'll talk about these two games. Uh, we'll talk about the injuries Carlos Carrasco, Jeff McNeil, a little bit about this team moving forward. And then we've got ourselves a little bit of a special guest, Sal Licata, who does a fine job doing the overnights on our radio station, WFAN. And he hosts the Baseball Night New York show, which bumps off Carton Roberts off S&Y at 6. We can't go till 6.30. So at 6 o'clock, you get Sal's beautiful face. And we'll talk about the Mets with him. I'm sure we'll argue a little bit. Uh, we as Met fans have argued in the FAN newsroom for many, many years. So I'm sure there'll be some things we disagree about. I'll bust his balls for the fact that he declared the NL East East race over a month ago. So we'll have some fun talking to Sal Lakata in a few minutes on Rico. Let's start off with what was just a frustrating two games against the Houston Astros. Obviously, in game one, when the Astros start teeing off on Trevor Williams in the third inning, Altuve hits that home run, a home run that's only out at Minute Maid Park. Jordan Alvarez hits the two-run bomb. You kind of felt like the game was over, but really what ended it was when they had that beautiful opportunity in the fourth inning with the bases loaded and one out after Gurriel, who's usually a pretty sure-handed first baseman, booted the ground ball to first by Luis Guillerme, and Eduardo Escobar and J.D. Davis struck out back-to-back. And that view I have of Escobar and J.D. Davis from their back-to-back strikeouts in the fourth inning, that anger I had towards them continued into the second game of this series because J.D. Davis can't hit a fastball. I think I said that on the last edition of the Rico, but I'm going to repeat it because J.D. Davis can hit an effing fastball. So the three runs in the third inning felt like a death knell in this game not being able to do anything when you're handed a gift on the Gurriel bad defensive play, and then Escobar and J.D. Davis strike out back-to-back, that that really was the baseball game, and it just turned into an ugly one, especially when they broke it open against Chase and Treve, who also isn't very good, and it became kind of this ugly blowout. I'm happy for Pete that Pete hit a home run, even though it meant nothing in the sixth inning. I wasn't happy for Eduardo Escobar, because if Eduardo Escobar... Who's done very little this season, and I have tried to be incredibly patient with him. Hoffman will tell you, Escobar's still on my fantasy team. Isn't that the definition of patience, Pete? Uh, I agree. And listen, I even tried to make a trade for Escobar, and you were like, "No, too much, too much for Escobar at the time." So that's you're that's right. <laughs> you're waiting. I'm waiting. I mean, that's the proof that I'm not just patient as a Met fan. I'm patient as a fantasy owner. Like, I could very easily cut him today, and I've said no. Because I've been a patient guy. But when he hits that home run in the seventh inning, I don't want to be that guy who says, ah, meaningless home run, big deal. Yankee fans used to say that about A-Rod all the time. I like to hope that the home run turns into something. Not necessarily that the Mets were going to come back from 7-2 down, but hey, maybe the home run turns into Escobar getting hot. You know, maybe that's what it turns into because the previous day, that Monday afternoon game against the Marlins, he did have a two RBI single. He had a sack fly. He was coming off a three RBI day. So I could at least rationalize that despite striking out in the biggest at bat of the game, bases loaded one out, hey, maybe that home run in the seventh inning is going to lead to something. It led to Ungatz. Is that the phrase? Ungatz? Uh, it's more of like Ungatz. U-gots? U-gots. Thank you, Pete. You're welcome. That's Italian, right? It, it is Italia. Straight up Italia. <laughs> hey, listen, man. My Italian isn't great, though. I did sit next to Joe Beningo for 15 years, and he would use that phrase once in a while. Ugats. Okay. The second game of this series, and I admit, when we're on the air during a game, the receipts are all there. You know, when you're watching a game, sometimes I'll tweet things, I'll tweet some thoughts, but for the most part, I'm watching the game in my own privacy. You may not know exactly how I feel. So we have this game on as we're doing the afternoon program on Wednesday afternoon. And when Carlos Carrasco and we've talked about a bad cookie, bad cookie showed up. We got good cookie and we got bad cookie. The last cookie was a good cookie. This was a spoiled, rotten, disgusting cookie. But when he starts throwing batting practice in the first inning of this game, I think I said on the air to Craig, this is a blowout. This is one of those games where it's an ugly 12-1 game to where Craig, and I know he's just busting balls when he says this, says on the air, hey, what position player is going to pitch today for the Mets? And I agreed with him. So I was dead wrong about that. The Mets showed a little bit of fight, and the bullpen did an outstanding job after Escobar was finally taken out. But they still lost the freaking game. You know, at the end of the day, didn't turn into one of those great victories that I was certainly dreaming of. But let me start with Carlos Carrasco. Actually, you know what? Let me start with the opportunity they blew, and then we'll get to Carrasco because there's some long range concerns about Cookie coming out with this injury. I thought that when Johan Lopez comes into this game and does a fairly good job of cleaning up the third inning, of getting through the fourth, of getting through the fifth. That's how you script out the comeback when you're down five nothing. You got to do two things, in my opinion. A, your bullpen's got to come in and settle things down, which didn't happen the night before. Because when Trevor Williams gets knocked out in the fourth inning, Chase and Treve threw uh, canister on the fire, or oil on the fire, or gasoline on the fire. Yeah, something that you do with fires that make it worse. Whatever it is. So, A, you need to keep the game close, and then B, got chip away. I was even explaining this to my son, Jed, who was watching the previous game. And he was so tired, but so getting into it, it broke my heart. When your Dan Alvarez hit the home run off Trevor Williams in the third inning, he burst out into tears. And I was like, Jed, buddy, this is causing you to cry. We got problems, It's going to get a lot worse from here. I haven't even broached the subject of Kevin Durant. The fact that, hey, you know, Kevin Durant may be upset someday and may ask for a trade. I mean, if he's crying over your Dan Alvarez hitting a home run, they're going to be a lot of tears, Jet. But I was explaining to him, hey, look, this is a game we're likely not going to win, but here's how you make a comeback. Your bullpen's got to come in. You got to get a long reliever in, a la Pat Mahomes back in the day or Darren Oliver back in the day. Keep the game close and then just start pecking away. Get a run here, run there, run here, run there. Mets got a run in the third inning. Okay. Dom Smith roped the double. Fantastic. Finally, Dom's in the lineup. Let's see if he can do anything. It's a 5-1 to one game, and the bullpen keeps the game close. And then the sixth inning, and I'm trying to remember what they did in the sixth inning and how they rallied. Uh, I know there was a Pete Alonso sack fly, which I love. See, this is what happens when I don't score a game. I have to, like, actually use my memory bank of what happened. But Pete Alonzo, sacrifice fly, Starling Marte had an RBI double in this setup. It's a 5-3 to three game. They've already chipped away. And I was even thinking this. I didn't say this on the air because I didn't want to really get too into the weeds on this. But bases loaded, one out, down 5-3. Just get a run across. I'm not even asking, tie the game, take the lead. Make it a one-run game. You're always in scoring position when you're down a run late. Run into one, boom, tie game. Ryan Presley grooves one, great, tie game. But when they have bases loaded, one out, and first it's Eduardo Escobar. And he swings at a pitch that's like over his damn head. It's like, dude, I like you. I love that you like Foca de Chow. He's a good dude. He's good in the locker room, but your defense sucks. You haven't hit all year. And here you are. And maybe I'm over dramatic to say this could have been a signature hit, but it could have been a signature hit. This would have been a great victory. This may have broken our. Uh, Hoffman and Roberts' top five Met victory if they come back here and win this game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line and it's bad enough that he's not coming through with a big hit with that signature moment he's striking out on a pitch at his freaking eyes and then dom smith comes up and again this could be dom's moment this is a guy who did nothing with the opportunities that were handed to him earlier this season he ends up in AAA. He tears it up in AAA to his credit. Now he's back. And he's swinging out a slider in the dirt. And you knew the game was over at that point. I know you still had nine outs to go, but the freaking game is over. So I think watching Escobar struggle, watching Dom Smith, I know he had the uh, the double in this game, but overall struggling a big spot. It's a reminder with a month to go, and I'm going to talk to Sal about this, get his view. They're going to need to add another bat. Yeah, they're scoring five runs a game. I get that. But Escobar is a problem. You know, at what point do we say, look, you can't play every day? And after the game, I thought it was really interesting. Buck's talking about sitting him for a few days. Great. If McNeil's back, they should sit him. And then B, Escobar is saying all the right things. I can't say that enough. Escobar's a good dude. Like us ripping him is not about him. He's saying, I got to give the fans a reason to cheer. I have confidence I'm going to bounce back. Like, he's writing a book on how you handle struggles in New York, and I commend him for that. But at some point, you got to hit. At some point, you got to field your position. And I'm not convinced sitting him for a few days is going to fix it. And this actually goes back to Jeff McNeil, who they really missed in this series. Because when you go back to game one and the missed opportunity, bases loaded one out, Escobar, J.D. Davis coming up. If Jeff McNeil's healthy, he's coming up. And what did we talk about last time on the Rico? Guy's hitting 4-10 with two outs and runners in scoring position. If there is a guy on this team you have confidence coming up in a big spot, Jeff McNeil's up there. And so they miss Jeff McNeil in these two games. And if Jeff can come back for the Friday night game against the Marlins, right now the best Met team features Luis Guillerme playing. Because Luis is cooled off from his hot streak, but you know what Luis Guillerme does? He puts the bat on the ball, and in a big spot like the one Eduardo Escobar and Dom Smith came up in, I got trust of Luis Guillerme. I mean, look, Luis Guillerme was a big part of that rally. He's the one that hit that double uh, right over third base that really got this thing going, and then Canna had the really good at-bat. Guillerme's got to play. One thing I would argue, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but if we do get to the point, of, hey, both McNeil, Guillerme, Canna, Marte Nimmo, they're all in the lineup. I'd argue McNeil should play third and Guillerme should play second. Luis has great versatility when they have both played. We've seen Luis at third, Jeff at second. And this is not a knock on Jeff. Jeff's played a really good second base, really good second base. But Guillerme at second base is a wizard. Luis Guillerme and Francisco Lindor is a double play combination is just mm, outstanding so I don't know if Buck's gonna do that I'm just saying I would do that as far as Carrasco's concerned he's had a very weird year we've talked about this and usually it's off to good after good starts we say yeah he's had a better year than his numbers because those bad starts are real bad well he's starting to have too many bad starts (laughs) this was a really Bad performance. I'm not sure if the back was affecting him in the early going. You could certainly see it at the end when his sinker's at 89. Hopefully it's minor. I think the Mets need to be really conservative with him, and I think they need to be really conservative with Max. I wouldn't change what I'm doing with Scherzer based on Carrasco's injury. If you want to give Max another rehab start, you should do it. They have a couple of off days, which is going to help them, an off day on Thursday, an off day on Monday, so it's easy to, for this weekend go Walker Bassett Peterson and then regroup next Tuesday against Houston. But there is some concern about Carlos Carrasco and concern about this rotation because they've had a very tough time staying healthy. We know about Jake, the max injury, Tyler McGill, who I don't expect to see for a while. Probably I don't expect to see him in the rotation period. And now the concerns about Carlos Carrasco. So two straight losses to Houston. Uh, It's not the end of the world. The Astros are a very good team. But obviously, there are some frustrations and there are some concerns that are becoming obvious the more you see the DH position, the more we see Eduardo Escobar struggle and obviously the latest injury with Carlos Carrasco. We'll come back and get the views and probably argue a little bit with WFAN's and SNY's Sal Licata.